podcast where we discuss the movie titanic minute by minute i'm your co-host rob and joined as always by my good friends joe and duff hi can i say something quick oh yeah absolutely no <laughs> well ty goes to rob yep um i've been hearing reports that people are listening to our podcast while working or doing other things i'm gonna need everyone to stop what they're doing right now and give us our full attention I think we I think we deserve it, don't you guys? Their this, full attention, Joe? Yeah. yeah I'm sick Th- of it. This episode especially. Okay. We have some hot, juicy content. Okay. For this episode. Joe, you Joe, you car over. Pull over right now. <laughs> their secrets are gonna be revealed this episode. I'm not even joking. There's gonna be secrets that come out. <laughs> secrets. <laughs> It's so secret that Rob and I have no idea what he's talking about. Yes. So we're on uh, minute 156, Secrets of the Deep. Uh, in this minute of Titanic, a smokestack falls on Fabrizio. Uh, but before we get there, before we get to that that memorable moment. It's implied. Yes. You, you are right. Technically, we don't. It does bleed into uh, tomorrow's minute, as does Fabrizio. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but we start out in the grand staircase, and we have just absolute chaos. Grand, no more. No, <laughs> but just a bunch of rich people getting owned. This yeah. rules. We don't know if they're all rich people. Look, Joe. Like they're wearing tuxes. Well, okay, they're rich people. Um, right away in this minute, we have people just being. Uh, oh, right away, actually, in this minute, I don't know if you noticed, but there's a guy who pushes down a screaming woman's head in the water as he's trying to, like, swim away. <laughs> it's George Costanza. <laughs> he just grabs her head and sort of, like, pushes down on it for a little bit. He's using what, her for leverage. <laughs> which I wonder, like, was that, like, you know, this is what you're supposed to do? Or was this, like, as you're filming, a guy just having a fit and being like, ah, <laughs> just freaking out? Because, like I said, if you watch behind-the-scenes stuff, it just looks like people swimming as like that water is actually filling up. This um, this is a chaotic pool party after the keg has gone dry. You guys ever been to a the pool party? The cops just got there. People yeah. don't invite me to pool parties. It's because you probably don't like swimming. <laughs> well, I guess we know that. Yeah. Okay. It's because you won't open your eyes underwater and you always like grope people to find your way. Hold on. <laughs> Duff, Duff, you're going to pool parties wearing a t-shirt. Are you getting invited to these? I've been to pool parties. Oh, my God. If you put a pool in your backyard, we'll come party with you. Only if you take your shirt off. <laughs> as long as... That's fair. None of this okay. above none of this above ground crap either. Got to go into the earth. <laughs> my house is zoned, so I cannot have that for real. So you know sorry. What, you know what the man tell you? You have a chicken coop. Is it yeah. Zoned, is it zoned for that? Uh, yeah. We're allowed to have chicken coops. Had, had to think about that, didn't you? Because it was an absurd question. Okay. To be fair, that's the answer you should always give when someone questions whether you're allowed to do something on your property. Yeah. Of course, it's course it's legal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like the time Joe, you and I put that uh, Rubbermaid shed in our yard, and my neighbor questioned if we had a building permit. Yeah. 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 Of course, of course we do. We do. 
that's the um, 1056 form. Yeah, <laughs> 220. Uh, all right, so back to this minute. Windows are breaking around the grand staircase. People are being sucked into broken windows. <laughs> uh, which just like at, a southwest which, flight. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which actually happened. Uh, those people are actually being suctioned through portholes from one mm-hmm. side of the set to the other. Uh, James Cameron says that Danny Nucci, who plays Fabrizio, didn't re- really realize how strong it was going to be and barely held on for that shot. Yeah. So, and I, I read an interview or heard an interview with Danny Nucci where he was saying they were going to have a stunt guy do it. And he was like, no, I want to do it. And he said the same thing that like when that window, like when I started getting sucked in, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I'm going to go in this hole. Um, well, what did he say? I'm going to go in this hole. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to ask to warn the person first. Yeah. <laughs> That's consent. Um, so Fabrizio almost gets sucked in. <laughs> God, unbelievable. Okay, I'd so rather the next... be sucked off, but either way. <laughs> moving ahead, Jack and Rose are moving up the stern. <laughs> Yeah, they are. We told you to stop what you were doing. <laughs> oh, my God. Watch that trim. <laughs> so Rose falls and is helped up by Mario. You're close. You're close. <laughs> if you remember, uh, if you guys remember or our listeners remember, I told a deleted scene about uh, the drunk chef, the drunk chef who was like, is there throwing- any other kind? <laughs> yeah, I know. Who was throwing chairs off the side of the, you know, and he said he didn't remember what he did because he was too drunk. That's him. That's Jocelyn. And he, he kisses his fingers and said, that's a spicy meatball. <laughs> his name's Jocelyn? J-O-U-G-H-I-N. Jocelyn? That's a weird Italian name. Why don't you just yeah, go I the full nine yards, I could Cameron. be saying it wrong. Like, <laughs> well, anyway, he looks like a cross between Borat and Mario. <laughs> mm-hmm. I believe when I talked about the lead scene, I said, you can tell this guy's a chef <laughs> like immediately when you see him. Uh, Hello? Yeah, he could have been in the he could have been in that Fabrizio that you remember how we had ideas a long time ago about how for like how Fabrizio and Jack meet or like how it happens. And Fabrizio and Jack are working in the kitchen and I, that, you know, for Jocelyn could have been a big character. In He's that. like their overbearing uh, ethnic boss. It's like, yep. hey. You got time to lean. You got time to clean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so um, so yes, she's helped. Rose is helped up by that. By that in the script, I swear to God, I read this in the script. It says, "Quote, drunk baker Jocelyn, he's <laughs> baker, puts a hand squarely on Rose's butt and shoves her up onto the deck." Whoa. Mm. Mm. Maybe he's Unc- a baker, not a chef. What's the difference? Pastries? What? Pastries? Is that really the difference? I prefer bakery. Baker, if it's... Yeah, you're a sweets boy. Yeah, I am a sweets. Bread boy. Sweet over savory. Um, and then, God, guys, every note I say, every note I have here sounds so dirty because of you. Um, <laughs> oh, it's okay, our fault. So we, mm. we yeah. cut to Cal beating people off his boat with an oar. <laughs> <laughs> Cal just savage... Hey, that's one way to get people off, huh? That is indeed. And it's not enough that he's beating them off. He's yelling, <laughs> back, back, you animals. Who doesn't? Um, yeah, so so he's just, just shoving oars at people. And then we have a smokestack fall. And 
I kind of want to, before we get into this hitting Fabrizio, I want to talk about a little bit about this, this smokestack. Uh, first off, the sounds of the wire snapping is like a movie sound that always terrifies me. Yeah. Like because... when the T-Rex starts snapping yes. off the stuff in the fence in Jurassic Park. Absolutely. Yeah. It's because everyone knows that nothing hurts more than cables snapping and reeling back. And mm-hmm. you're, that sound you know something bad is coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just an awful sound. Like every time I open my garage door, I'm like, I hope this doesn't happen here. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> every time? Yeah, sometimes I think about it. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's hard being me. Uh, I think one of the wires are, hits people in the water. So they are snapping and like hitting people in the wire. Um, and this, ca- ca- how thick do you think that cable is? Um. Well, it's for sure more than just it's, basic cable. It's enough. <laughs> it looks premium to me. Yeah. <laughs> Fiber optic, baby. They should have had satellite on there, and they wouldn't have had this problem. That I'm sure, if one of those cables hit you in the head, you would die. Oh, like, for sure. This is what happens when the prestige trend breaks. <laughs> it's cord cutting. <laughs> um, dangerous the cord cutting. Uh, so yeah. And I actually was wondering how they did this. And so the wires are just uh, like local explosions essentially in the water, you know, so it looks like the water's being hit. And then they digitally add in the wires, mm-hmm. which um, I guess is obvious as I said it, but, you know, I found it interesting. And then uh, a, true, you smoke- a true auteur would have started waving around dangerous, heavy uh, metal wires. Yeah, or had him electrified. William Friedkin <laughs> would have gotten real industrial cables and just whipped them around <laughs> from a safe distance away. Yeah, William Friedkin makes James Cameron seem incredibly kind. <laughs> um, so also the uh, smokestack uh, starts to fall. Before it falls, Cal looks around at shock as the smokestack, you know, starts to starts to timber. I guess. Uh, how do they do this? You might be wondering. Uh, the smokestack itself is a 14-foot model that they, like, filmed on its own as it crashed down. So the actual, like, what we see of it, like, bending and breaking, that is actually, like, a 14-foot model doing that. And then they digitally insert that into what they were shooting on the set. So it's not, like, a CGI smokestack. It's actually just a model. Kind of a composite shot. A composite shot. Yeah, which, like, you know, that's cool because then you actually feels like it has weight. Yeah. No, it's an awesome effect. Um, that is all I have on this actual minute. Duff, you promised Spill secrets. It. Spill it. Secrets. All right. So, as Rob would say, almost, I have a deleted scene. Oh. But in this case, it is not a deleted scene. It is a scene that was in the script that never even made it to production. It is easily one of the best things I've ever read concerning an omitted idea from a movie. I was so happy when I found it. And I found it like eight years ago, and I've been waiting for this. (laughs) (laughs) You finally have the venue. So so Rob has talked a lot about the fate. You could just stop after a lot. The the tragedy of Fabrizio. How Fabrizio, Fabrizio is like Job in this movie. (laughs) <laughs> and and you have to we wonder, demand to be taken seriously and you have to wonder 
how could things get worse for old Fabrizio? What, <laughs> oh, would, a, no. what would a more undignified death be? On the toilet. Mm, arguable compared to... <laughs> so this is from the first uh, Cameron draft. Uh, this would be this would have been scene 284. So this basically happens like right after we cut from the stairway and all that chaos. So when we go back outside. So the screen direction says... The boat is overloaded and half-flooded. Men cling to the sides in the water. Others, swimming, are drawn to it as their only hope. Cal, standing in the boat, slaps his oar in the water as a warning. Cal, stay back, keep off. Fabrizio, exhausted and near the limit, makes it almost to the boat. Cal clubs him with the oar, (laughs) cutting open his scalp. Fabrizio, you don't understand... I have to get to America. (laughs) Cal, pointing with the oar, it's that way. Oh, that owns. That's really good. Close up on Fabrizio as he floats, panting each breath in agony. You see the spirit leave him. Oh, my God. Literally? Like a ghost, Fabrizio? Uh, Maybe. (laughs) <laughs> For, and then Fabrizio, Fabrizio's POV, Cal in slow motion, yelling and wielding the oar, a demon in a tuxedo, the image fades to black. Oh, man. That this, rules. This makes me happy for a number of reasons, because most of all, this firmly shows that Rob and all the other Cal stands are 100% wrong. <laughs> Cal is evil incarnate. But he's funnier. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's that way. And it's good. And I, it's like a Charles Bronson line from Death Wish or something. Oh man, Cal like getting his '80s action movie star on. That's it's incredible. What? I, oh man, just <laughs> I wish it had been a deleted scene, and I. I couldn't really, Cameron doesn't talk about it in the commentary. I couldn't find anything about it except there was a, a Cosmo interview with Danny Nucci just last winter. And they said, how was the death scene shot? And they said, well, the original one or the one that ends up in the movie? Because the original death scene is I'm swimming in the water and I get past my hypothermia and I get over to a boat that Cal is on and I'm trying to get out and he's paranoid I'm going to sink and he clubs me. And so I guess he thought that was going to be in the movie, but James Cameron cut it and didn't really tell him why. He's just like, yeah, you're going to get hit by the smokestack now. It does sort of make sense because it, it like watch if you watch it again, minute, yeah. it's really set up for that payoff because you yep. see Cal on the boat. You see Fabrizio swimming almost towards it. Yeah. Um. Wow. I also had uh, they had mentioned another way in the commentary they had thought about getting rid of him was he was going to get like sucked down into a vortex like I think like in the grand staircase or somewhere get sucked down in the boat and they decide not to do that either. So ultimately, I just love how like, oh, what do we do about Fabrizio? Why don't we just have a smokestack fall on him? <laughs> Which I, I honestly don't know if that I think it's more dignified than the ultimate fail son clubbing him to death. Yeah. I, Crushed and, by the. uh the unending churn of the industrial revolution. Yeah, there you a, go. A symbol Ooh. of our changing age. Mm, I like it, Joe. Well yeah. done. Well, Cal went on to a successful career working for ICE. <laughs> <laughs> Whew. Joe, do you have anything on this minute? 
Do I ever? I I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I I even if I did, I would have scrapped it because that uh, script reading was so good. It's, it's so that well. way. <laughs> I gotta get to America and just, just clubbed over the head. <laughs> and I just I I just imagine Cal sounding like Charles Bronson, like hey, it's that way. <laughs> and then and then for I do love the the asides from Cameron, uh, a demon with an oar or whatever. Is Lovejoy dead right now? I don't think we ever hear about Lovejoy again, even in the script. Yeah, I'm trying to think of if we see him the rest of the uh, movie. Does a smokestack fall on him too? I, I don't, I don't think I so. Want also, to... I was thinking that boat that Cal's in. Remember how I said it was all women? It's all men now. Like mm. men have overtaken that boat, thrown women off that boat. They actually. Do you think that's a continuity that error, boat? or is that intentional? No, they actually themselves onto that boat. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, the way you should row a boat is get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Get out of here, you old bag. And they could only fit. Uh, they only fit one man for per three women because of man spreading. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let them loose. Got to be yeah. comfortable. Uh, Duff. I mean, this has been a Duff centric episode, buddy. Yeah. I, Let's go to Google. The, the Google group cannot live up to <laughs> the revelations about Cal. Well, like Fred Durst said. Let's keep rolling, rolling, rolling. Mm-hmm. And uh, he did. He also did it all for the nookie. What? So this one is a post uh, for for Rob. It may have been written by Rob, for all we know. Uh, <laughs> it was written by Richard R. Priest, which kind of sounds like a fake name. His name is Dick Priest. Dick R. Priest. Go. That's a fake name. Uh, so June eighth, nineteen ninety nine. I am a Titanic fan, and I just saw The Phantom Menace. What? Where are we going here? Uh-oh. I'm, I'm all in. Uh, I knew you would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, both are very good films. Oh. Should have read this last False. Wednesday. Oh, that's true. Uh, both are very good films. False. And there is no reason why they can't peacefully coexist. Here is what, hmm? I, be- <laughs> here is what I believe to a common thread that is crucial to the success of both films. In Titanic, we know that the ship will hit an iceberg with disastrous results. Disastrous is spelled wrong. Yet we get so caught up in the romance, romance is spelled wrong, of Jack and Rose. Wait, how is romance spelled wrong? Uh, romace, romance. He forgets the N. The second. Okay. Uh, so we get... he, did, he did it all for the ookie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we get caught up in the romance of Jack and Rose and the splendor that we forget about the inevitable disaster or hope that it will somehow not occur. In Phantom Menace, we all know that young Anakin grows up to be the evil Darth Vader, yet we get so caught up in the antics of this cute, bright young boy that in similar fashion we forget our hope. The common thread is that both films rely on knowledge of future events to add impact to their stories. So I, I want to point out that in Dick Priest's worldview, <laughs> Titanic, which came out a full year and a half earlier than The mm-hmm. Phantom Menace, is somehow competing against it for yeah. for space in the public consciousness, which is weird. Yeah, it is very strange. I mean, they both are like special effect driven to some extent, but that's really the only that's really the only connection I yeah. can see. And now I'm guessing your one of you is going to ask. So, did anyone get back to Richard R. Priest? Deafening online silence. No, no one, one said anything. No one said anything. 
Oh my God! Can you comment on it's it? It's the first time Star Wars has ever been brought up on the internet, and everyone just shrugged and had nothing to say. Yeah, it's the first time Star Wars fans are like this is dumb. Let's not even waste our time with this until they saw Solo. <laughs> <laughs> Fight words. Oh man! All right, guys. Well, anything else for uh, for minute one fifty six? It's that way. It's that way. Speaking yeah. of that way. If you go to titanicminute.com slash steerage, that will lead you that way to where our listeners group is. Joe and I are eagerly, e- eagerly awaiting all the apologies from people who have argued in favor of Cal. Yeah, what, what is wrong with you people? They like good villains. Who doesn't? But they would deny the fact that he's even a villain. No, he's just misplaced. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, at least the trains ran on time. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, at least Travis Pickle had a job. (laughs) And his own place. (laughs) Who would you rather hang out with, Cal or Travis Pickle? Um, Cal. No comment. I I have an answer, but I refuse to say it on the air. (laughs) Okay. I would be part of Cal's entourage and just run up the bar tab. I will say this. Travis Pickle's, like, cabbie friends, they seemed all right. Yeah, with uh, Peter Boyle. He's pretty yeah. cool. Actually, he's really cool. Peter, Bo- Peter Boyle owned. I mean, Cal's fiance seems okay, too. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Enough, enough. Listeners, you can, you can go back on the road. You can go back to work. Go back to your desks. And we'll be back tomorrow with Minute 157. Come <laughs> on.